Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by StravaCraft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your first purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering StravaCraft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And joining us, as has become our weekly custom, is the voice of the Colorado Rockies on AT&T Sportsnet and, of course, the host of the Drew Goodman podcast. And we missed you last week, so we're happy to have you back. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Drew Goodman. Hey, uh, it's always good to be back. I snuck in a few minutes with Patrick on the field last week at the All-Star Game. That was just a week ago, right? I know, right? I know. Um, we got a dose. We got a we got a taste of Goodman last. Yeah, week. it was probably. Listen, your numbers probably soared last week. <laughs> Get rid of that clown for a week. And you know, I I, uh, I was telling you guys when we were at kibitzing a moment ago. I I almost got teary eyed a little bit as you uh, listening to your kind of wrap up All Star Game show on your podcast. Um, listening to both of you and, and, you know, how meaningful it was to both of you. And, and you know, Patrick, um, you know, I, I was moved by what it meant to you and having the all-star game and, and that you literally couldn't sleep. And um, it, that was, um, I, I, I thought your comments were profound and heartfelt and, you um, you know, I felt the same way because as you guys know I got to share it with my boys, and um, I was telling I've, I've said this a lot, and you guys realize it working in baseball. This ain't happening again, guys, for thirty years, and in thirty plus years, I felt you know God willing, I hope to be hanging out with you guys in, in the ballpark because that's what I love to do. But I, you know, I'll be in my late eighties, so to be able to share it with my boys and to see everyone descend upon this town and hopefully we're going to see it a, a number of times uh, in the future with postseason baseball but to be able to to see the all-star festivities and see our town showcased and how well we stood up and from the city from the organization standpoint I was so proud but anyhow I, um, I took note of, of that during your conversation on your podcast well, thank you for those those kind words. Uh, check is in the mail for sure. <laughs> it, it it was it, it was special, you know. And, and again, like as you said, it was it was our city where it took place. You know, it, it certainly was a spoiling experience because next year, you know, flights to LA can be relatively cheap. Uh, maybe get a rental car, but it's it's different. It's Dodger Stadium. It's not our Coors Field, and it's not our community and not all of our friends. Uh, and family that we can just text and say, hey, I'm over here, and this little crazy thing broke out, and that was awesome. And so it was kind of the the first time, really, that we could all share the same experience, um, probably even including the postseason, you know, because, again, we kind of have a job to do, and uh, we, we kind of have to sometimes separate ourselves from the fan and and, and media. And the All-Star Game, I mean, what, what media is there? What What – you know, hard cracking questions do we have to ask when we're trying to just celebrate the game and enjoy the superstars. And so it allows everyone to just kind of put their guard down and say, Hey, how great is baseball? Let's just watch it. Let's just enjoy it. Let's just talk to the players that do it. And it's just, just incredibly, incredibly special. Yeah, that's, that's well put. I was like you guys um, enamored with seeing all the great players in one place, the great celebration of the sport we adore and 
and maybe as much or more so proud of our community. This is where we live, and we're so fortunate to live here. Listen, there's no more beautiful place than the than the Colorado Rockies and our downtown area. I mean, you mentioned next year it'll be in Los Angeles. And I, listen, I love doing LA. I wish I was there right now instead of calling the game from you know from our studio, uh, but. LA, it won't be the same. You guys have been there. Chavez Ravine sits on top of a hill and it, you know, it affords some, some, you know, great views and so on. But when you leave that ballpark, you're getting in your car in the most expansive parking lot in North America. (laughs) And you are departing very slowly because you're going to be stuck in traffic uh, on the 110. And it's not just walk out of the ballpark into McGregor Square or onto Blake Street and innumerable bars, restaurants and places to, uh, you know, chill out with friends or new friends. So uh, it it was special and it it was a sense of pride uh, as a member of the community, a member of the baseball community. I felt that. Yeah, I, th- I think that was the thing that stuck out to me the most. I, I wrote about it a little bit, and I, I sort of focused on the young fans element of it. And there was a part of me that almost took that piece in another direction that was just like, no, 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 man, this is too defensive. You're being defensive. This is a celebratory moment. Don't don't start getting up on your be defensive of Rockies fans thing. But, you know, we all know that there are certain reputations that come along with Rockies fans and party deck and and the, you know, the transplants that come here and, and you know, how great a baseball fans are, Rockies fans, that stuff comes out. And then over that weekend where you saw the way they embraced guys like Trey Mancini and we're like, oh, this is the this is the story. Oh, we're full on board. This is our guy now. Even if we never heard of him before today, that's OK. We embrace it. We're in. We're or the way they were chanting for Shohei Otani, who like, what does he have to do with Colorado baseball? Nothing. It's just a great baseball story. They were there for it. The way they embraced Nolan Arenado again on his return, all of these things. So I thought it was like a great weekend for, as you said, like just the Colorado baseball community. And then particularly now that it maybe won't feel like I'm I'm being a little sour about it to say for Colorado Rockies fans who came out and showed out, they know the game. They know who to cheer. They know the big moments. They know the big stars. They know what's going on. They're plugged into it. And and they deserved everything that they got over that week. Yeah, um, it, w- it was a great, it was a great celebration of the sport. And um, honestly, when we learned that Major League Baseball was taking the game from Atlanta uh, and moving it to Denver, uh, you, you felt for at least I did. I felt for the Atlanta uh, community, um, and then I was concerned and that you know would this really would we our turn in the cycle would it just be uh, you know not a, a full-on yeah. celebratory type of situation because of covid and and it would be limited and then we would lose our, our again our spot and it would be 30 more years but it wasn't the full-on um, all-star festivities that normally take place. And as we learned, it was. And um, I'm grateful for that. There were so many like great stories. And we every day we came on and just shared all these favorite moments. And I feel like we missed a whole, whole bunch of, of great stories. And I feel like we didn't really categorize them and say, what are the greatest takeaways? You know, obviously having the entire stadium you know, back Shohei Otani, Otani, and just the the cheers that were going. 
similar to the Connor Joe cheers that that we get at Coors Field now. So that was nice uh, for 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 Otani to get the Connor Joe treatment. It was yeah. nice to see that. And there are also all these other stories, all these just reunions of you know that I think almost got overlooked from the Futures game and the celebrity softball. Um, you know, I, I spoke with Garvin Alston, a guy who uh, who threw six innings for the 1996 Rockies, and he got to come back. You know, a guy who had a very short career, one win, but it you know came back as as a coach for the Futures game. And I know I saw you down on the field, and you got to link back up with Jamie Carroll, and just all of these guys that, okay, yeah, we're talking about otherworldly talents in Major League Baseball right now at the prime of their careers, but there is also this other element of welcoming these guys back, and and Clint Barmas, a guy that I think you also ran into, uh, who's your guest this week on the, the Drew Goodman podcast, all of those guys coming back to help, you know, really, again, highlight the, just the, the, the specialness that has been here in Denver, um, you know, with the Rockies and, and the history that they've had, because it's 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 gone overlooked, I think, uh, a lot. And it was really nice for that spotlight to get to get highlighted for Rockies fans. Yeah, um, it's always good seeing the guys that, uh, that that come back at the golf tournament uh, this past week. Um, kind of reunited with some guys I hadn't seen in a while. So Roger Bailey, who I always kid, is like on a professional golf circuit. Garrett Atkins, who I see periodically. Garrett, you know, he carries. I think he's like a plus one. I mean, it was literally, you know, it's funny. So at the golf tournament, longest drive, Garrett Atkins. Um, you know, closest to the pin, Garrett Atkins. And I forget his team probably won too. I, I have no idea. But yeah, he's uh he, he's quite the player, but also Clint Barmas. And I love hooking up with Barmy, who I, I kidded him during the podcast. I said the only person I know who's nicer than you is your wife, Summer. And um, and that's true because she is an absolute doll, sweetheart. It's always been, you know, the warmest person uh, you'll you'll ever encounter. And, and Clint was that way. He's kind of got those Midwestern roots from Indiana, and uh, it was great to to reminisce with him. And he had a really, ultimately, he had a really strong career. And uh, he he's he's for me, he's still an all time Rocky. I mean, is he up there with the Heltons and the Walkers and the Cargos? Of course, he's not, but. He was a very prominent Rocky, and, and um, I think people will enjoy that conversation. Yeah, you, you did a good job, like tapping into all those those elements. Especially, you even got something that that you weren't aware of that happened in the early part of his career, and and even asked him about Tulo, who was only you know a couple of years behind him and was playing Barnes's position at shortstop, and and what was that competition like? And it, it was a really um, enlightening conversation. Even talking about the end of his career, you know. That's that's a time where guys maybe don't like to reflect back on it, and how does it happen? And uh, there there was so much you know great stuff from that conversation. Yeah, appreciate it. So go make sure you're listening to this on some app right now. You can download the Drew Goodman podcast. You got to make sure you do that. Uh, and last thing I want to say on All Star Week, Peyton Manning threw a split finger change, perfect right where he wanted it, right where he wanted it. <laughs> Right where he wants. Hey, come on. Now, we've, seen, no. we've seen President Bush throw yeah. an absolute dart um, right when, when yeah. the country, you know, maybe the most meaningful first pitch um, ever, right? Yeah. yeah, definitely. And if you're if you're a betting person, <laughs> you're betting on Peyton Manning throwing the ball at the very least airborne for 60 feet, Right. Telling you, he's yes. facing he's that right and, he's and he spiked it. 
And you can't go, well, he's probably a little nervous. It's not what he does. BS, not what he does. <laughs> he's throwing a football six gazillion times. It's a, it's a little different throwing motion. It's still the throwing motion. I guarantee you growing up, he was part of a pretty darn good baseball player. And um, Peyton spiked it. To be fair, I do know that the pitch clock was going on behind him, and it was down <laughs> to two. And I think those instincts just kick in, threw it in the dirt, and said, "All right, we got one more shot." What? That was it. That was the one. Ah. And it was Vin- and it would and, and Patrick. It was vintage Peyton because after he said, "Hey, I thought you know it was an O two count. I thought I had a pitch to waste." I'm saying, yeah, there you go. I'm saying, split, split. Did he yell out Omaha ahead of time? That might have been Omaha. Omaha. He should have done that. Wouldn't that have been great? Yeah. Should have been, should have got like Omaha, Omaha, and then he go, oh, no, and then, then going to the wide up. I think him and Otani ended up linking up a little bit for for something. I don't. That that's something I I, I kind of overheard. They like Otani was like I throw kind of like this, right? Just kind of doing the, the oh, football really? thing. Maybe it was just an acknowledgement of like you do football stuff, right? You're not a baseball guy, <laughs> and you know. Hey, listen. Peyton could take Otani and say, would you like to be my tight end? Because Otani is every bit of 6'5", and forget – they always they never change your weight from the time you sign. So they no. lift him at like 210 pounds. He's not. He's like 240. Yeah. I, he's got the widest shoulders. He can really – he can fly. He's, he's a lot like Aroldis Chapman, big dude who we know, you know, with Chapman, it's just a pitcher. Aroldis Chapman is one of the fastest guys in baseball. And and the same thing with Otani, yeah, freak that's, athletes. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing what they can do. So, uh, yeah, well, let's uh, let let's toast our brick brews to Peyton Manning's first pitch, or 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 not. <laughs> I don't know. Either way, let's toast our brick brews to a fine All Star week from everybody involved, except maybe for Peyton. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, don't gotta put it like that. We love him. We'll always love him. He'll be welcome at any ceremonies around here. Of course, also welcome at any ceremonies around here, Breck Brews. You can get your 15-can samplers down at the liquor store or at King Supers. You can also get Breck Celsius also in 15-can samplers because 12 cans are weak, weak sauce. You got to get that, as we call it here, the tap pack. 15 for Rymal Tapia, 15-pack, the tap pack of Breck Brews down at your local store. And you get a bigger one down at the DNVR bar, if you're a member of the family, subscribe today to DNVR.com. You'll get access to all that written content. Plus, you get discounts on hats and shirts. You get access to the Discord channel where we're talking baseball 24-7. Also, all the other sports. A lot of Olympics talk going on right now. That's been a lot of fun. Of course, always catching up on TVs and movies. Whatever's going on out there in the world. Just a big, fat, big fappy Hanley. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> so, wait, Five o'clock wait, somewhere. Wait, wait, now. <laughs> we get it. The Breck Brew truck is stopped by your house earlier today. It's all That's good. Right. I got this mountain beach right here. So uh, become a member of the happy family at the DNVR.com. Subscribe for the annual today. We'll ship out a free shirt for you. And of course, last one here at this beginning one. Don't forget to check out our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Doing all kinds of fantastic stuff. If you're sad that hockey and basketball season are over and football season has not yet started up. We know you're doing a lot of baseball stuff, but sometimes I can get a little bit. I mean, especially if you're if you're on a losing streak, baseball can beat you down just like anybody on that app. So get over to the Olympics right now. Lots of cool stuff about to go down in Tokyo. 
They were playing video game music from my childhood at the opening ceremonies, and I cried, and I'm not even joking. That's a real, that's a true story about what happened to me this morning. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> go to your DraftKings Sportsbook app, download it. What's the promo now? Turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. I've, I've got the over on that. Got, any medal. I've got the over on a medal for America. That's code DNVR. I'm going to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Goody, who you got in men's archery today? Second round. I know you're big up on that. In the big matchup that everyone's talking about, who you got? Um, I have the one that uh, produces more bullseyes than the other one. Archer, you know your stuff. Here's my thing on the Olympics. You do know that bullseyes are involved, so that's already yeah. impressive. You actually know more than me. Yeah. Here's my thing with the Olympics. I love the Olympics. Always been a big fan of the Olympics. Some sports more than others. I'm not big on the judge sports typically. I'm not big on the you know rhythmic gymnastics with all due respect to how hard they work and and so on um i love the swimming competition because like hey i touched the wall before you did i won that one I makes track, sense. right i love track and field i ran faster than you did nope. put the medal around my neck i put the shot further than you did put the medal around my neck. So I'm all in on those. I, you know, we all feel super patriotic. I love the backstories that NBC um, will do on so many athletes and learning, you know, backgrounds and what an individual yeah. overcame. All of those things give you uh, a rooting interest. And, uh, and so I'm all in uh, on the Olympics, but I'm also trying to think, and we did this on the air with Spilly recently, because Spilly now wants to perform skeleton, and we're going to train him, me and Huey. Uh, what sport, because they keep coming up with sports to add to the Winter Olympics and the Summer Olympics. At some point in time, the three of us will be candidates to be Olympic athletes. Right. And um, so I'm just waiting for that. I've, I've thought in the past it may be curling, um, anything that you can, you know, Get in the room and hold a beer at the same shuffleboard, time. Little little shuffleboard. Yeah. A little um oh shoot, what's the what's the version of it at bars? I'm blanking now because I haven't played it forever, but with the little discs. Shuffleboard? Are, no, yeah, but yeah. But, but like the, the table shuffleboard. Yeah, tabletop. Yeah. What is that called? Mom's here in the comments, right? Mom, we used to play at sports page in Grand Junction when I was a kid. Yeah, they <laughs> and it's got the sawdust on it. Yeah, yes. yeah. Not if this, you know what knock hockey is, I can hold my own in some knock hockey. Hold, I played knock hockey growing up. Again, yeah. I don't know if that's an East Coast thing, but knock hockey is fantastic. I uh, was one strike away from bowling a three hundred, so I was. Were I was you really? Pretty, really? Yes, I was. I was a pretty good bowler uh, in 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 my day, and did, didn't have all the best equipment and stuff. And um, so you had to spin it. Nobody can bowl a three hundred yeah, just rolling no. it down. Like, so you, so I, a couple of years ago, I I, I bowled. Uh, with with some some high school students we were trying to get maybe get a team in a club and i used a lane ball and bowled like a, a 250 so that was i was almost more impressed with that than you know my ball that's got my name on it and it's got you know for uh the fingertips for me so i could really get it to pop 
Lane ball. So you bowled twelve. Doing. You bowled twelve consecutive strikes. Well, I, I did ten. I had a strike, a spare, and then I struck out for the rest of the game in ten for the rest. Oh, of the I th- I thought it was like the thirteenth ball. And 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 I you know did you did the nerves get to you or so what well, what was that a two eighty something two eighty on the nose yeah two eighty it was a two eighty and then my best series I I, I think. I think I got set. I bowled the 700 series and that was like, that was like at the conference finals where all these teams from all over the state came around. The lanes were pretty hot. There was a lot of action with the pins. We got to set something up drew with uh, lions and Mookie bets. (laughs) I mean, we were the two sport athletes, you know what I mean? Baseball. And then if that's not cool enough, also bowling. Yeah. I think from your standpoint, if we are going to go the two sport route that you should, put heavy pressure on Mookie to play the bowling game first. Yeah. That match <laughs> first before you guys take BP. Cause I like Mookie in the BP. <laughs> I'm not so sure. I don't I like do Mookie in the bowling too. Oh, yeah. He has multiple 300 games. Does he? Yeah. Yes. That's. Yeah. I did not know that about you, Patrick. I'm learning. And I, I learned something new about my partner today. How fantastic. Four year varsity right. player on, you know, so not to brag in bowling and bowling. Not to All brag. right. I ran uh, the best I got is I could run a hundred yard dash in 11 flat in high school. 11 so you had good wheels, Drew. I was a four, five, 40. Damn. In high school at six, two, six, three with good hands, but I folded like a wet paper towel. If you hit me. So my football career ended <laughs> very quickly, but for a minute there, That's I, could good. Run. Yeah, I could move a little bit. How, how much did you weigh? Oh, <laughs> 160. <laughs> yeah. 160. Uh, <laughs> soaking wet. I could catch. I had great hands. I had great hands. Where'd you go? Fairview? No, I was a Western Slope guy. I was Central High School. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So good for you. That's hey, I'm telling you what, eleven flats flying. Four fives flying. Almost qualified for state in uh the high hurdles. I was a hurdler because I was tall and I could sprint. So. I couldn't high jump the damn hurdles. <laughs> so, the hurdles were taller than me. Are huge. Not even the Fosbury flop. You couldn't. You couldn't even get one of those uh, going no. over. I tried the Fosbury flop. I landed on the bar. That hurt like a. Ooh. You know what? And I, it's like I'm done with you. Out. Yeah. What man. about what about wrestling? I, I could have seen you, Goody, maybe being being a wrestler. You know, a lot of people. I was I was a foot. I played I played hoop too, but I was. You know, football, baseball. I played eleven years of football and baseball forever, and played both in the. I was recruited to play actually uh, a bunch of places in football, even though I'm not big, because I and I couldn't run like Patrick. I was like a four seven guy, four five slide. But um, I, my roommate, my best friend to to this day, was a, a two time All American wrestler in college, and I used to work out with those guys, but. I was always, um, you know, lifting, getting ready for baseball and, and football in the winter. So I would roll around with those guys and learned a lot of wrestling stuff. But I never, I never was on the wrestling team because I was busy doing other things. But my roommate, it was good. They let me in college work out with those guys and and help stay in shape and and stuff. So I have I have mucho respect for wrestlers, man. Tough dudes, and especially back. I'm I'm older than you guys, but before they cleaned it up, where you couldn't lose a ridiculous amount of weight, which was unhealthy. Oh, yeah. Like my butt, my buddy's walking around weight. I know nobody cares about this. My buddy's walking around weight was 220, and he would wrestle 77. 
Uh, that's that's cutting a lot of dangerous. Weight. Yeah, that's very dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad they've got those restrictions now. Yeah, yeah. One one of one of our roommates, who we weren't particularly close with, but you know, you had to fill up bedrooms in a house. Um, he took David's orange juice one day, and we open up the kitchen. David opens up the kitchen. You know where I'm going with this. Opens up to get his orange juice. He's cutting weight, and so he's not in a good frame and he's like who the bleep drank my orange juice and and um <laughs> this guy this other guy goes i did because i thought somebody drank mine i mean i had it was all i could do me and a buddy of mine to keep david from like terminating this guy's future uh, <laughs> there in the kitchen so yeah you don't want to mess you don't want to mess with wrestlers and you want to mess with wrestlers when they're cutting weight that's the moral no. of that story no, all, all of this is building towards uh, uh, a brief conversation about USA baseball because, yeah, baseball in the Olympics, it would look like it was going away a little bit. I think softball might be coming back. Uh, it's exciting in the flag bearer. And I know, I know you guys had some of that on the uh, AT&T Sportsnet the other night, uh, highlighting Eddie Alvarez, a guy who won a bronze medal, I believe, in, in 2014 in the Sochi Olympics for I speed skating. He, yeah, he, he won two of them. One, one, I forget which event, Patrick, but also in one of the relays. So he's a two-time oh. medalist in Sochi in the Winter Games as a speed skater, and he's carrying the flag in. He and he and Sue Bird, mm -hmm. co-flag bearers for the United States in the Tokyo Olympics. What an unbelievable moment! And Eddie Alvarez. It had, I think, 37 at-bats last year with the Marlins. What kind of athlete is this cat? And so it got us thinking, and we talked about this on the AT&T broadcast, and Patrick, you're going to really appreciate this because you and I are fellow, you know, New York metropolitan guys, not to dismiss Here we go. Tri-state. Here we go. Right? This is from the western slope of Colorado, which we adore. I'm a huge fan of Grand Junction. Love the Western Slope, but we're going to see if Creaseman remembers this name. I was wondering, was there anybody who was an Olympian and a baseball player, a winter Olympian and a baseball player, speed skater in particular? I'm like, this could never have happened. It, it almost did. Lee Mazzilli, who when I was younger, Lee Mazzilli was a good player with the Mets primarily, New York guy, heartthrob for all the young ladies. He wore, nobody ever wore his uniform tighter than Lee Mazzilli. He was <laughs> an eight-time junior national champion in speed skating, never made an Olympic team, but he was an eight-time junior national champion. I'm thinking to myself, and I'll let you jump in here, Patrick. He's a New York kid. Where the hell was he speed skating? He was from one of the five boroughs. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I, I did not know that background story about, about Lee Mazzilli, who was, of course, on the 86 Mets. That's how I knew of, of him. And um, and as you said, with Eddie Alvarez, I think only 135 different athletes played in both the Summer and Winter Olympics. And it's it, it, would, it would have been uh, almost equally as shocking that, uh, you know, a kid from, you know, the five boroughs is in speed skating as someone who is, you know, a downhill uh, sledder in, in, in the skeleton because you you don't do that. That's you don't have organized uh, sledding anywhere in the United States. It's not a it's not a real sport in that that capacity. If I may, now I'm going to turn to our distinguished colleague Drew Creaseman from the Western Slope. Have you ever heard of Lee Mazzilli? No, not no no. 
I got. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. He goes, see if you remember this name. I go, can you remember a thing you've never known? <laughs> I want you. This is your homework, Drew. I don't. You don't normally far be your show to give out a homework assignment, but I'm going to as a guest. Um, you need to look up on baseball references. I know you have a fancy computer right in front of you. Right. Look up Lee Mazzilli. Good career. He was an all-star, in fact. And here I got a funny story. At least I think it was funny. Uh, on Lee Mazzilli. Um, so back in the day, I don't I, tell me, Patrick, if you ever did this. We used to, the, the Mets were terrible for a period growing up. It was before, you know, Gooden came along and they went and got Gary Carter and Keith Hernandez and they became the 86 Mets and the bad boy 86 Mets and had some great teams, obviously, in the mid to late 80s. Um, they were awful and there was no one at games and we would go and, um, and probably I was 17, we'd sneak into Shea Stadium and then we would hide and not leave Shea Stadium and then it's just people cleaning up, and we would be on the field running around. We'd play Frisbee out there. And so then we go in the Mets dugout. This is like the game's been over for 45 minutes. There's no one in there except the folks, you know, who are picking up the empty hot dog wrappers. Yeah. And there's this card on the dugout, you know, on the bench, and we open it up. We have no business doing that. We have no business in there, period. We open it up, it's, and it was some young lady who had written a card, a suggestive card to Lee Mazzilli. And he probably got a ton of these, and it was kind of just left there in the dugout. And so wow. we, had this, uh, we had this card. That was, But Lee Mazzilli was back when guys would, you know, he, looked, he, he played baseball like he was going to the disco. And he had the, the you know, Three doors down on the on his um, jersey, the gold chain going. I mean, he was he was doubling up, man. He he essentially was, and I, I I'm I was gonna say Danny Zuko, but that's not right. That's Greece. John Travolta's character from Saturday Night Fever. That was him. Yeah, Tony Manero. That's it. Tony Manero, Lee Mazzilli. Yeah, that's it. And you get the card from the baseball Annie, which probably only had seven digits on it anyway. Right? There's no area code then just to really put people back there. Right. You could grease pants for six months with, you know, the stuff he had slicking back his hair. Love it. He was yeah, a stylish right. dude for sure. Because I have looked it up. Let's get a couple of facts on the table for everybody. Lee Mazzilli played from 1976 to 1989. That's a 14-year career with 1,475 games played. 1,000 hits? You got over the 1,000-hit career over mark like Cole Barnes? Hits, career 259 hitter, 359 on base, 385 slugging. So not huge, but interestingly enough, because of him playing in a bunch of uh, pitchers' parks and at the era, 110 career OPS+. plus according to the fancy metrics. So an above average hitter and uh, he could run a little bit too, Drew. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know if he could run 11 flat hundred, but <laughs> probably looked a little bit better doing it. 93 homers, 197 stolen bases. So yeah. Told you, good player. Yeah. Lee Mazzilli, one time all-star, but still. Yeah. Ten years with the Mets, four with Pittsburgh, and then a couple of years Texas Yankees and and Blue Jays there at the end of his career. In a, in a strange way, it will does... think he managed the Orioles. And yeah, he got in, he was he, he, he got into coaching and managing for a bit. Yeah, 
And it's, I think his Philly. son got drafted. I think his I think his son got drafted. I remember like five years ago or something, right? You know what? You're right. You're Lee right. Mazzilli Jr. Actually, it might have been Lee Mazzilli Jr. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Maybe. Creaseman will look that up to see if he got to the big leagues. But Drew, I'm telling you, and Patrick will, will confirm this. If if Lee Mazzilli's walking down Fifth Avenue tomorrow, Lee Mazzilli's getting stopped regularly. Yeah, I love it. That. It gives me some hope in a sense, or it it makes me laugh to think about a time, you know, 15 years from now. If you say, all right, when was Mazzilli's Mets career? Flash forward 30, 40 years. Not everyone's necessarily going to remember him because he wasn't even really in the hall of very good. He was in the hall of pretty good at the time. Right. So, like, there are going to be those Rockies players in 20 years from now that, the hall of that we know really well. And we'll say, oh, my God, you got you don't know Clint Barmas? you got to go back and listen to the Drew Goodman podcast, uh, Circle July 2021. Right. And you go, yeah, he had a 10-year career. He had yeah. a 1,000 hits, you know, went to the, the playoffs in 2007, 2009. Was a part of the resurgence in Pittsburgh when they went to the postseason. Like, that'll be the name, and our, we'll all light up. And then some 20-year-old punk will go, Clint, Clint Hurdle, I know. And you're like, get out of here. Let us talk about the greats like Clint Barmas and Lee Mazzilli. Yeah. I love it. The Hall of Pretty Good. Not the Hall of Very Good. Certainly not the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Pretty Good. That ain't a bad hall to be in. <laughs> no. The three of us would nerd out so bad going to a Hall of Pretty Good at the time. Yeah. Going like, yeah, I remember that guy. I, I want to be the curator of that museum. <laughs> the three of us, we can alternate giving tours. Yeah. Yeah, you want to glance to your left and um, on your left, Clint Barmas, who is often called Clint Barms the first, you know, six years of his yes. pretty right. good career. And there's Juan Pierre, sneaky pretty good. He's in the he's in the penthouse of the Hall of Pretty Good. Yeah. He'll be he's he's a good candidate to kind of pretty much be forgotten about, but we know we're in the know right. almost. I, here's a name from the '90s because I that's that's my wheelhouse, right? And I think about those guys. Yeah, the, all those guys I would geek out over. You go, is that Brady Anderson over there? Oh. What do you mean? Look at his sideburns. And you go, okay, Brady yep, Brady Anderson's in the Hall of Pretty Good. You mean the guy who went from like six homers to fifty <laughs> overnight? That I'm guy about that part. He's 1996. In, he, he may be in some other halls also. Oh, so some laughs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> My fiance has been watching every 90s show that's on Netflix. She just watches stuff when she gets ready in the morning. She just puts on a show or whatever. And she's been watching Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And Brady Anderson is in an episode of Sabrina Get out. the Teenage Witch. Sideburns. Like, and she had, had the crowds going wild and the girls are screaming in the studio audience. And I'm going, what? And I'm having a whole moment. And she's going, who the hell is Brady Anderson? And I'm going, that's why, listen, Huey, next time you at the ballpark, grab Huey and ask him about his time with ball. Baltimore, of course, you know he played next to Cal when, when Cal broke the the record of Gehrig, but you know, Rafael Palmero, Brady Anderson, you know Jim Palmer was there every day uh, doing the games. Uh, there was there were a lot of interesting Harold Baines. There was a lot of interesting you know great players, Hall of pretty good players, and Hall of interesting characters in baseball from the Baltimore years that Huey 
was uh, involved with the Orioles. So uh, you got to pick his brain sometime. I would enjoy writing some kind of spec script for a, a TV series where you're right, Bobby Bonilla, he's on Bobby that Bo. team in 95. Throw him in there. Matt Noakes, Andy Van Slyke. These are great, great characters. Jeffrey Hammonds, who ended up uh, coming. He had a good year with the Rockettes. No. Yeah. So, I mean, like these, yeah, that's. That's the sweet stuff right there. That's the wheelhouse. Messina, yeah. Kevin Brown, Jamie Moyer, Scott Erickson, and Ben McDonald. How about that for a rotation? Scott Erickson. Yeah, Scott Erickson was uh, – he's got stories uh, on all those guys. So um, – <laughs> I want to hear them all. Yeah. I know, right? He loved Bobby Bo. Lo Jeffrey Hammonds, good teammates. That's I talked about those guys. All right, Goody. Do want to get a few thoughts from you here on the upcoming trade deadline before we let you go? Uh, we know uh, it's a weird time, an interesting time to be uh, on a team that's scuffling under 500, where you know a team might not look exactly the same as it did a week ago. Um, we know it's also been unusual for you. Uh, you know, in years past, you'd be right there, kind of heartbeat of the team. As we were talking about, they go on the road, it's a little bit different, but still, you've been there. We've had a little more access lately. Uh, what is your feel of guys like Trevor Story, CJ Crone, Michael Givens, everybody in the bullpen, any of these guys who they know their names have been out there? Um, how do they handle these kinds of situations? And, and how do guys, some guys maybe handle it differently in your mind? Well, I, I mean, I can't speak for, you know, none of us can for, for being a player and knowing what's going through their mind. Do I think... Uh, I'll start with Trevor Story. Naturally, I, do I think that it has affected him some in some way? I, I do. Um, I don't think he would, you know, want to admit that. But I, I, I think that he's only human, and the speculation uh, all year, and and the fact that it's not a robust lineup around him probably has affected things also. But he, he has to have been. Uh, affected by the ongoing speculation and the uncertainty. And some people from afar might say, well, listen, he makes 18, I think, what, what does he make, 18 million this year or something like that, 18 and a half. Um, what's the big deal? He's going to be super, he's already super wealthy. He's going to be super wealthy wherever he plays. It doesn't matter. You're still uh, potentially being uprooted. And so I think it's it's played a significant role in the fact that his numbers have been underwhelming. I, I still think he's an elite player. I still think he's going to put up elite numbers for you know several years to come. Do I think he'll be a Rocky in in a week and change? If you you know put the proverbial gun to my head, I would say I do. But if the Rockies are blown away by an offer, I, I think Billy Schmidt would you know suggest to Dick Montford, hey, this is a really good deal for us. You know, let's. Let's move on it. But I, I don't know if that will occur. I'm certainly not privy to what people are are offering. We, we live in an age where journalism sometimes gets thrown out the door and we just uh, write about rumors or rumors that perhaps we even concoct ourselves uh, and don't have a great deal of merit. Uh, in terms of the other guys, very quickly, I said this on my podcast, C.J. Crone the Rockies, we all know, need to be much, much better offensively. So they're going to have to bring in people, but they're not going to bring in the 30-plus million-dollar guy. Um, and, you know, C.J. Crone, in a world where there's a D.H., 
you know, could be a, a nice and economical fit for the Rockies over the next couple of years. I think John Gray's the, the strength of this club is their starting rotation. Their starting rotation is good enough to play in the postseason right now. So if I'm in charge, I want to enhance quickly on the offensive end and the bullpen end what we have with also knowing that you got to upgrade the the farm system. I know it's not it's easy to say that and not easy uh, to implement, but we know that position players will come to Colorado. And I want to keep John Gray. I want to keep Kyle Freeland, who they control. They they obviously control Herman, who signed a you know a longer term deal a, a couple of years ago. You want to keep that nucleus. So I and John's a guy that's a real comfort guy. He's not. I'm going to go take the the first big check that comes my my way. I, I really believe that. So those two guys I could see staying in the fold. A guy like Michael Gibbons does not have a long track record with the Rockies. Good dude, really good man, and. I could see the Rockies trying to get a prospect for Michael Gibbons, uh, you know, maybe another arm down there. I don't know, you know, Daniel Bard, um, great, great story. You know, he's still electric in, in that he throws in the upper 90s with a slider. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see um, what transpires over the next 10 days. And yeah, if if teams need the, the the pot sweetened a little bit, you might need to part with two guys in a in a package deal going. And, and it really all all depends on on what happens before July thirtieth and who gets desperate. Obviously, the story to the Yankees rumors are are the biggest ones heating up. And you go, well, yeah, the Yankees right now. Hey, I, I, look at what the Cubs Cubs gave up Glaber Torres. Um, Cleveland ended up giving up some big prospects to get Andrew Miller back in in two thousand sixteen because they. They could see that, you know what, the World Series was in their future, and they probably overpaid, but I think both teams would have been happy for it. So that's probably a, a somewhat of a, of a good case scenario is two teams say, look, we got to have these guys from the Rockies. We're going to overpay, and you know the organization benefits from that going forward. Again, uh, you don't know truly what is offered until a deal is consummated. Right. And if a deal's not consummated, maybe there'll be rumors out there and we'll find out how substantive they are if nothing happens as to what was offered. But you never officially know uh, unless something goes down. So, yeah, the next the next week will be will be interesting to watch. Yes, it will. Uh, we, we will have our eyes very, very closely tied to that for sure. Um I've got one more of these reasons. We got to let you go. We got to let you get out of here before we go, or you got a, you got a few more minutes to hang out with us. Um, I tell you what, if you fire quick, I can hang. I gotta I gotta scramble and uh, battle battle the uh, the Denver Friday afternoon traffic to get right. downtown. So kind of got a game tonight there, don't kinda you? Got a game, yeah. Get to L.A. virtually. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this then. I'll I'll do the read in just a minute. Why don't you give us your your thoughts on this California road trip and just the Rockies going out there? Playing some baseball, got after it. You know, um, uh, tough series with the Dodgers, but got them one. And they were closer in that second game than it would have allowed to appear. Then splits, you go, okay, they still seem to have it at home a little bit. And back to California they go. (laughs) And you're facing two great teams in the Dodgers and the Padres. The Dodgers, uh, I'm sure, are not a happy bunch right now after losing three or four to the Giants. They lost two in the ninth inning the last two days. 
uh, you know, the Padres, we know how talented they are. And the Angels, I, you guys probably tell me, I haven't even looked yet at the Angels. I'm focused on the Dodgers. But, you know, at some point, Mike Trout's going to come back. It's a good lineup. Um, even even without Mike Trout, it's a, it's a fairly formidable lineup. Fletcher, you know, producing all the hits. We know about Otani. Uh, you know, we know about Walsh. Uh, so, yeah, it, the, the Rockies are challenged on the road because it's hard for them to score. And so this will be – you know, a tough road trip. California's always, even when they've had great offenses, uh, it, it's always been a challenge for them. Uh, yeah. We'll see. You know, I look forward to it. I look forward to when the Rockies play the Dodgers. I look forward to when the Rockies uh, play the Angels because they're a fun team uh, to see. And I obviously look forward to them playing the Padres because they have a lot of big names and, and they have maybe the greatest star in the sport in terms of a combination of, you know, personality, young talent, and Fernando Tatis. Do you get into the spoiler thing at all? No, I hate that. That's not mean, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, I hate that. And maybe at some point I roll out, you know, they they did damage to the Dodgers or, or whatever. Will that potentially roll off my tongue? Yeah, but I'm not into that. It's about what you can accomplish. Not that, oh, yeah, we knocked off so-and-so and hurt their chances of, of, of winning a division. Big deal. It's about what – it's about you winning ultimately and – and getting to the postseason. So to be a spoiler, I mean, anytime you suit up, anytime you do anything, even if you're three schmahoolies like us, you want to win, right? You're a competitor. Yeah. And so if it if it knocks somebody down a pedestal, great. But your motivation when you get together in spring training is not to say, hey, I really hope when <laughs> August rolls around, we can yeah. do some damage to a couple of really good teams. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm not into that. I don't think it. And you know what? You guys know. Ain't nobody in the Rockies clubhouse goes, man, we can be a spoiler today. No, you want right. to win. You want to win for yourself, for your teammate, for, you know, that sort of thing. All right. Well, have fun out in the virtual California world, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I'll put my virtual sunscreen on. That's right. That's right. Well, we'll, we'll be listening in. We'll be watching over the – next uh, 10 games here and seeing if the Rockies can figure out a way to, to get some, you know, we, we were talking about the last road trip. We would not have predicted series win in San Diego. We did not have that on our bingo cards. And yet, no, no so, they, listen, they were three, three. They played, they had a good road trip. So hopefully they're able to follow that up with a good road trip uh, over the next 10 days. And next week when we convene and you guys convene every day, obviously, but when, when I'm with you, you know, maybe maybe they'll have been a trade already. Who knows? So we'll have uh, we'll have an interesting conversation next week, and certainly the one after. News is all right. Well, we appreciate you. We'll let you go. Make sure everyone out there that you're listening to the uh, Drew Goodman podcast. Of course, we know you're watching all the games, doing all that stuff. So appreciate you, Goody. We'll see you next time. Hey, appreciate you, boys. And also, Patrick, make sure Creaseman does his uh, his due diligence on uh, Mazzilli. And I'm gonna I'm gonna check for spelling too because there's a lot of double consonants, double vowels in Missouri. Right. He's got to get mm -hmm. the spelling right too. The irony is the irony is had he you know followed like if if Mazzilli had played for the Rockies, Creesman's all-time favorite player would have been Lee Mazzilli. Oh, 100. I think guy. there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah, right? <laughs> because he is a founding member of the Hall of Pretty Good. <laughs> See well, you guys. Starting now. Thank you, Goody. All right. Oh, uh, that was a whole um, lot of fun. A whole lot of fun. Beef, a whole beef of pretty good. <laughs> <laughs>
pretty good. Um, hey, in just a minute here, I'm going to go get some beef, by the way. Speaking of which, I'm going to get some Wagyu beef from our friends at Hassel Cattle Company. Ordered oh, it sh- a couple of weeks ago. Really, really Really do enjoy the Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu beef. I know sometimes it might sound like I'm they're paying me directly to say this stuff. It's it's more indirectly actually. No, I, I for anyone that's doubting, here's how here's how legit Drew is about how much he he loves Hassle Cattle Company. Everyone in the company is actually mad at him because we try to get some bulk orders together every week or two, right. and Drew's like, I'm out. I order $200 for my free shipping and all right. my bonus stuff. I just do that on my own. Right. People and are so he goes into business for himself. Like, no, no, yes. no, no. I've got $200 of beef coming to me already at any given time. 100% true. Uh, I just uh, can't get enough. Ground beef and the ground chuck are my favorites because we, we do a lot of stuff with that. The bacon, well, no, the bacon's my favorite. Obviously, the bacon's my favorite. But, well, I mean, the steaks, the steaks are my favorite, though. Well, the award-winning hamburgers are also, they're also my favorite. Look, it's 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 really good beef. I love, I, I've literally told Lindsay, like, I don't, we can't ever lose them as a sponsor. You guys have to go <laughs> out there and buy their beef because I will be very sad. Uh, it's so delicious. They treat the cattle well. They're not pumping them full of hormones and and all that gunk that gets into their bodies and then gets into your body, gets into the environment. It's bad for everybody. And it doesn't even save you money. You can pay less, especially if you get in on the good promos at hasslecattlecompany.com. It's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, cattlecompany.com. And use promo code DMBR10 to get 10% off. And as we mentioned, free shipping on orders over 200 bucks. If we had an Olympic podcast about the Olympics... Hassel would be a sponsor, and we probably have some testimonials from some of the Olympic athletes as well. Because I mean, again, yeah, right, you got to you have to eat clean if you're going to be that kind of an athlete. Eat that kind of food, yeah, that's exactly right. It's basically yeah. made for that level of performance, or also for doing what I do, which is not that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Patrick, let's wrap this up on a few final thoughts. We've got a new baseball team, kind we of. We do, right? Kind of. There's yeah, a- I think we do. It's yeah. so weird to think about that all of a sudden there's just a new nickname and a new thing. Like I was I was all excited to like just reference Jose Ramirez today or talk about, oh yeah, when the Mets made that trade last offseason with the Guardians. And really it doesn't go into effect until uh-huh. next year. But guess what? I'm gonna start calling them Guardians uh-huh. now Same. because as we've kind of gone over in the past, if you've been a hardcore listener, uh, we've pretty much just said Cleveland, Atlanta, Cleveland, Atlanta, Cleveland, Atlanta. Don't utter those other words. The least we can do. Um, so now we can say the the Guardians. That's it. Guardians. Although when I played the video for my mother, she was like, are they calling them the Hanks? The Hankses? Like, <laughs> no, no. He's just doing the voice. So just watch this video. Uh, just watch the video. I, I, I think they got it right. It, it this reminded me so much. Uh, there's been a lot this year that's reminded me of my time in politics, and um, a lot of it's been the angry stuff on the Rocky side. That's been very tribal political stuff. It's been like, whoo, this takes me back. But this was one of those things where I was like, oh man. Now, first of all, I want to preface this by saying I love the Guardians name. I've, I've fully 100% come around on it. But it did remind me of like it took us forever to decide there is a problem, and then it took us a really long time to decide. 
we should probably do something about the problem. And then in the most political solution of all time, did something that made half the people feel, okay, this is fine. And the other half of the people feel like it was the dumbest name in the history of ever. Uh, I was like, yep, a solution that just doesn't <laughs> work for everybody. And I look, I, I see the people saying they could have gone with spiders and there's a history there that's great. And I'm with you. I would have thought that was super cool as well. But also, I'm a gigantic nerd. You may have you may have noticed that in the past. Well, you and can't tell the gigantic part because, like, yeah. we're both the same height on Zoom. But yeah, you're like six foot I'm two, enormous, six foot three. An enormous nerd. You are gigantic. And so, for some people, they're like guardians. Or they're like your your parental guardians. It's like it's not a cool word. And guardians and, of the galaxy, of course. Guardians of the galaxy, or the guardian, or like being a guardian in comic books is effing cool and so like i was just like yeah yeah the guardians it does sound a little make a team in, in nfl madden mode or, or mlb the show like it, it'd be in there but you know i like it it's way better it's not racist so you're immediately a step in the right direction <laughs> uh but i like it you 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 brand around it well some of it's been okay some of it hasn't i don't know if they've unveiled a mascot or anything like that now but there's a lot of opportunities and uh you know, there are teams named after socks. We think red socks and white socks are great names because they've been institutionalized. Like, Guardians is dope. Get with it. It, it is. I, I think it's great. You know, I spiders, obviously, there there's that history that's there. So I would have loved for that. Guardians seems like it essentially came out of nowhere. But the bottom line is the people that were in charge, and I imagine they selected this name to represent the city well. And since I am not someone who lives in that city, nor have I ever lived in that city or that state, I'm gonna go ahead and trust that yeah. they did what they needed to do. And so while I might have a certain predilection to say, oh man, spiders would be cool. There really are no spiders in sports, right? Other than the, the University of Richmond spiders. Hey, that would've been a great opportunity. Look, that's what they decided uh, to be fantastic, right? The bridge that's there. Uh, has that that wonderful iconography. I don't think they'll actually have like a guardian, a proper guardian mascot. I mean, that was part right. of the issue in the first place. They do have a, a, a mascot. Yeah. I can't think of what the Statues. mascot's name, yeah. but it's a very Philly fanatic type thing. So, yeah. and maybe eventually we will see, you know, the the imagery of um, the the faces that are on that bridge. Again, trying to get away from the faces and slowly but surely, you know, it, it will all come about. So, uh, if if that's what they they chose and and that's the imagery that they want, um, then and and it it does fit them and it does suit them, then I'm I'm all for it. Cleveland Guardians, right on. Welcome uh, welcome to professional sports. I remember vividly the day that I learned about the Hartford Yard Goats because I had an interview with David <laughs> all that morning, and I actually informed him that the team was going to be called the Hartford Yard Goats. And at the time, I just had an image in my head of a goat in a yard. Like in Clifton, Colorado, like for those of you that know where that is, like, just like, you know what I mean? Just like, this is the dumbest thing. And then you hear about what it actually means. And then you see the branding and then it becomes yes. a whole thing. And now the yard goats are awesome. Right. And like your first thought was like a goat in your yard. That's what it is. But massive, massive, massive win. Shout out today to the Burlington Sock Puppets who retweeted it and just said, what a silly name. 
And I, and I like the idea. I like to hear how you say that about the yard goats. You say, oh, I, I got to do a little bit of research. Like, where did this yeah. thing come from? Is it just this stupid thing? And you do your homework. And then you also learn that a lot of minor league or professional baseball teams or sports teams pick their name because it has some history, some connection to the ownership, uh, to former players, whatever it is, the city, the location. And you go, oh, man, this is really, you know, it's interesting. It, it's It's not just... What do you? What's a cool animal? Done. Like you right. really have to do some homework, and it almost makes. I feel like it, it could help make some new, you know, fans of of history and go out and say, like again, our our guy Nathaniel Sunshine, uh, who writes for uh, Rocks Pile, we did something this off season with with the Burlington sock puppets. Uh, I mean, we kind of did them. They didn't really work with us, but like, what are they? Gonna, what is the entire Appalachian League gonna do with their rebranding because they couldn't use the name? because uh, they were the Burlington Royals, well, now they are no longer uh, in minor league baseball. Um, and, and so they had to change all these names, the Pulaski Yankees. So we dug into the history of these towns in Tennessee and North Carolina, and it was really interesting and fascinating to look wow. at all these different options uh, of, of where ideas and stuff like that comes from. So I, I, I love that, uh, again, Burlington Sock Puppets. I think there's a large you know, uh, cotton mill there where they, there's a lot of factories that that – produce a lot of fabrics and things of that nature. And, uh, and, and same is true for Cleveland now, the guardians. And we can say the Cleveland guardians, the Cleveland guardians. I'm that? so happy about that. Atlanta. You're on the clock. The Atlanta. I don't know. I don't know the history of Atlanta well enough to have something to represent them. I don't know. Don't know. Can't speculate know. about any cool bridges. They'll have to, They'll have to do it themselves. They got plenty of history, I'll tell you that. To pull I was going to say, there's a deep, rich history there. You can come up with so many things that are better than what they've got. Can they be the Hammers? And you go, what? Hammer and Hank Aaron. That'd be Atlanta cool. Hammer. I mean, that, that's how, right, That's so simple. Atlanta it's Hammer. like, it's almost dumb, and you go, oh, damn. That's almost did it. too easy. Damn it. That's, that's it. Atlanta Hammers. And I'm sure there's a... And isn't Jimmy Jimmy uh, Jimmy Carter is from the Atlanta region? And what does he do? He builds houses. Habitat for Boom. humanity. Boom. Habitat for, for humanity. Boom. Atlanta Hammers. We just did it. Two in one day, folks. You're welcome. Boom. Also, two presidential references and Lee Mazzelli on the show today. Folks, this is the content. You can't get this anywhere else. I don't know where else you think you're going to get Drew Goodman, All-Star Game, Trade Deadline Talk. Plus two presidential references, some Lee Mazzelli. Cleveland, they could have been the Gargoyles, according to our guy Mark. Okay. <laughs> so someday, someday we'll get one of those, those fantasy styles. They, they, over in Japan is where everyone's a dragon or a gargoyle or something. So we get excited about that stuff. KBO and those things. But uh, this was a lot of fun. Thank you all for hanging out with us for this show today. We really do appreciate it. As we said before, make sure you're subscribed to the dnvr.com so you get all the written content, all the discounts. You get to come hang out with us in the Discord channel, especially during trade deadline season. This is when you want to be in that Discord channel, talking with us all the time as we try to figure out for ourselves, because we know this is the best way to do it, and the Rockies will definitely listen to us, exactly how we would fix the Rockies. That's that's the best use of all of our time. It really is. It's a lot of fun. I've been looking at 2022 free agents all day. So come hang out with us. It's going to be- That actually sounds very exciting. Yes. Yeah. It, it sounds like just as good as time as it is to speculate that Trevor Story could play center field <laughs> for the Yankees. That was 
the that number of people that want to move him off of shortstop, I do not. That like. that I, I get. I mean, I I did highlight that in the article last week. If you already have a shortstop, can you play third base? Can you play second base? That's fine. Um, it's temporary. Sure. But center field. That one was. Well, he they're going run. reverse Ian Desmond. They're going Ian Desmond. They're going to Ian Desmond, Trevor Story. Oh no! Trevor Story. So we'll find out where Trevor Story is going to end up. All that stuff. But tonight, we're just going to watch some baseball. See if Colorado can figure out a way to take one in LA. It'll be a lot of fun. Hang out with us on social media at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Creaseman, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Subscribe, as we said before, so you don't miss any of the written content. Just keep being absolutely amazing baseball fans out there. We'll keep being absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.